Promotion on a Budget Podcast. We're back again, me and Josh, in the studio. Uh, and if you haven't checked out last week's podcast, uh, it'll be somewhere up here or down normally here. Normally on that side. It's normally on that side. Normally on that side. Go check it out if you haven't already. Anyway, today, big game week. Also, we're recording this on a Sunday. Yesterday, there were some big, big results. And, and don't forget the don't forget Friday night as well. We Friday, a, well, it wasn't a big result. That was a bit of a snooze fest. But we'll go on to that later. Anyway, Josh, how are you today? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you doing? I bet you are absolutely loving it. Yeah, I think I might um, be a bit better than you today. Yeah, let, well, let me put this to you. How does it feel to finally be able to tell me that you're top of the league? <sighs> It's only taken you 12 game weeks, considering... Oh, we, gonna, we, we had a slow start. We considering you were going to walk start. the league. Oh, we still could. I mean, when we... Uh, w- well, I would say walk the league, but we we, we did piss it um, a few seasons, two seasons back. We didn't get top of the league till around the same sort of time we are now. Anyway, less about Norwich being top of the league. We'll get onto that properly later. First of all, the talking point from last year was Wayne Rooney yeah, and we, of whole Philip Koku. Obviously, he actually said midweek it was Philip Koku's time to leave. Um, and obviously, Rafa Benitez has now been seen as the bookies' favourite to take over. Um, Rooney actually wants to take over Derby full time. Does he still? <sighs> it's it's, it's a really interesting one, I think. I mean, I know we touched on it a bit last week, and the story's kind of materialised um, as the week's gone on. But um, obviously, we see Wayne Rooney did actually play yesterday, and he captained the side um, to their one 0 defeat. Yeah. Unfortunately for them, um, it wasn't to be kind of the dream start. But um, obviously he's come out and he's publicly said that it's Cockroach's time to leave. Rafa Benitez is a very, very solid manager and he's proven really? it. Yeah, but will he go to Derby? He's proven it at a championship level. Before he has with Newcastle. Newcastle are a much bigger club. They are indeed. But this is the thing. This is where you look at other names that are being thrown in the hat. I mean, I've seen John Terry's name come into Yeah, John Terry's name. Frame. It's it, a lot of kind of... These are the kind of generational talents, so to speak, that we saw when we were growing up. Yeah. Because this now is kind of at the point we've seen Frank do it with Chelsea. Yeah. We've got Rooney currently in the driving seat. At Derby. Yeah. And you've got uh, Gerard Gerard Rangers. Rangers yeah. These kind of talents that we would have grown up to are now beginning to take over managerial jobs. And it's a case of can't like how 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 does it kind of work? I mean Lampard is currently experiencing a good start to the season of Chelsea. Very good start, yeah. Uh, Rangers, obviously, Gerard has done very flying. well, especially in Europe. They've been so, very successful. But also, there. we've seen a lot of people like Scholes, who wasn't involved and didn't do too great. Sol exactly. Campbell hasn't really got a great oh, manager. Gary yeah. Neville as well, Ooh. not a great manager. Just, there's players from that era that it's, we grew up watching. That it's a gamble. And it I, I still stand to my point last week. As much as Rooney does want to take over at Derby full-time, I do still think he's, he's got some yeah. playing time left in it. Oh, he's only 35. So, there's maybe two or three years. Um, well, from what I believe, he actually had quite a good game yesterday as well. Yeah, well, we'll move on to Derby's game later on in the podcast. But a new rule came through before this weekend's game. It's a five-sub rule. Now, oh, this is dear, this is a big rule. This is a very yeah, big rule. It's, it's going to benefit the bigger sides in the league, such as Norwich, such as Watford, Bournemouth, Swansea, Stoke. Teams like that. It's really the teams benefit. that have got the kind of, not only the talent, a squad in, depth. The, yeah, not only the talent in the starting eleven. You're looking at who they've got on the bench, and you're looking at how much disposable money they've got. Because realistically, we are about five weeks away from the January transfer window. Now, if this rule is here to stay, teams are going to have that in the back of their head for the kind of foreseeable future. Um, they're going to go into the transfer window and go right. 
we've got this. We're happy with how we've got our starting eleven. They might have been happy when they've got three subs. Yeah. And they've got a bit of rotational depth on the bench. Five subs is a whole new dynamic. Yeah. Because not only are you now considering what you've got on the pitch, five is like five people to change is practically half the starting team. If you take the keeper out, it's half of the outfield you could change at different points throughout the game. You, you look at Norwich against Middlesbrough the other day, you look who they have on their bench. Timu Puki, Mario Vrancic, who players, players who last season actually did in games, not obviously for the whole season, if, you, if they performed for the whole season, you'd have still winning the Premier League, yeah. but players who on their day can put out performance. Players that realistically... You're looking at having a decent market value as well if you were to have sold them when you came down. I, I think, just to kind of come away from that, and I'll go, and I'll put this in just uh, kind of a bit of a perspective. Teams like Watford, who have managed to hold on to the likes of Etienne Capoue yeah. and Ismail Assar, and they've obviously still got Troy Deeney. A lot of the debate being, is he passed it? He's obviously very happy where he is. Um, even Bournemouth. They've got some brilliant players that they can bring. Exactly, that's the thing. Swansea as well. Stoke. Stoke have a very, very decent squad depth. And it's, yeah, those sort of teams will definitely benefit from this. I think they're going to really benefit from it. Uh, I mean, even who will it hinder? Reading, for one. Wickham, Coventry, Rotherham. It's got to be Luton. Luton, yeah. It's basically the smaller teams with smaller budgets, less they're going to really struggle. Are going to struggle as a result of this. Um, it's it's a really tough one. I mean, I don't know what what was your view before they brought it in because I had a very very strong view on this. It, I can remember in the Premier League when it was brought in last season with Norwich, and it it ruined us because you, you, we I can remember playing Chelsea and they could bring on you know the likes of Olivier Giroud or. Yeah, you know, Tammy Abraham, and we'd bring on you know the likes of Adam Eder. Adam Eder, who's a good striker, he's, but he's not. He's, he's not, not Premier League quality. Not, not not a nineteen years old. No, yet. and yeah, we, we didn't really. We don't have. No, we didn't have the squad depth last season. This season in a championship, yeah, we do. Completely. But rude. then you look at all the yeah. Wickhams and Lutons who would have been in our position, what we were in Premier League last season. They're not going to have that squad depth. They're not going to have that quality. Of, of players within their squad to bring on and actually change the game. Like you say, it's half the squad being changed. Like, Norwich can bring on, you know, Timmy Pukki, Josh Martin, Onel Hernandez when he's back, uh, Todd Campbell. A lot of kind of decent level championships, exactly. not low level Premier League players. And this is, obviously, we're not just highlighting uh, kind of the teams that we've mentioned. I would even go as far as to say it's some a team like Huddersfield who have recently come down. If they get it right... Yeah, will be able to benefit from this. It's it's just a, it's a very fine line, and I mean, for me, I was very much against it coming in, knowing how from a, this yeah. again on a personal level, knowing how we're set up. But I'm not here to sit here and drone on about my personal views. At the end of the day, the five sub rule has now come in, and it's going to be really, really interesting going forward now to see how teams will go from where they were before the rule came in to where they're going to end up. When the rule either stops, um, if they choose to change the change that again, yeah. or if it runs to the end of the season, it'll be interesting to see what teams can string, string together some form because I think this is going to have a massive impact on injuries. One hundred percent, and I think 
you can see why it's brought in. You see the amount of players, especially in Premier League football, even in the Championship, that have been picking up injuries. Um, teams with, you know, having a, a list of injuries. That's bigger than my Christmas list when I was five years old. <laughs> like, it's... It get, it's well, the circle, in, the circle in the eyeglass catalogue, right? Yeah, yeah, I was one of those. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. But, but you highlighted everything on every single page, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you, you can't be too greedy, really, can you? Uh, but, um, no, but that's the thing. Injury lists are, so, injury lists are so long. So this five-sub rule benefit will allow players, you know, to not... Play as many minutes. It's such, it's such a cramped season as it is because obviously we've started yeah. later. But then you do need the squad depth at the same time. Exactly my point. And I think this is where a lot, like we were saying last week again, um, a lot of championship players now are getting called to international duties. Um, and where we've just kind of come off the back of um, playing a lot of games in short space of time. The international break for those who didn't get called up is a nice time to be able to train, to try and learn new dynamics, new tactics. And that's great for clubs, I think, for clubs to be able to actually have a break, to be able to work on what they're missing. Especially for teams who are in poor veins of form. Nine times out of ten, you will see them then be able to kind of come around and return a positive result. But then you've also got the kind of line of, because so many people are going off of lots of games in a very short space of time. Yeah. They're then flying to wherever they're needing to play for yeah. their international team. And then flying back. I mean, if you look at it in this respect, um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, we've played this weekend, there's midweek fixtures, there's games next weekend, then there's more midweek fixtures, and then there's another weekend of games. Exactly. That's, it's, we're it's we're hitting crunch time. And, I mean, we always will say in football, in the English game, and how the English leagues are set up. November, December time. Even January. Even going into January, January as well. And then you've got to look at April as well. I mean, but April I would say kind of now. Yeah, these next three months. These next three These next few, yeah, next few game weeks will be huge. If big teams are losing big players and, or not even big teams losing big players. If teams are losing their key players that exactly, are making even the smaller tick, teams. Exactly. That could be costly for seasons. Anyway, anyway, we'll we'll, uh, we'll go after five sub rule now, so and lot, we'll start. Lot, lots of that. We'll start reviewing these. Well, I say reviewing. We'll, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go and review, but we're going to branch off to other things. But we'll start off with Stoke Huddersfield. This is one of the games of the weekend, an absolute thriller, a great advert for Championship football. A five game, a five goal first half. Five, five game. Five, what am I on about? Five goal first half. Wow. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't often see five goals. In a game, let alone five goals in, in forty-five time. minutes. Of exactly. Football. Tyrese Campbell. I'll give you. I'll, I'll let you go on. I'll no, just say, those, say those two words to you. You talk to me. He's on form, isn't he? Now? He's and doing very, very well for himself. <laughs> At the rate he's going, if Stoke say Stoke fell off, I could see him getting a good move in January. If if they fall off, but, but will they fall off? Will they fall off? Will they fall off? Because seventh in the league as it's they started. have scored nine in their past three games. They're averaging three goals a game at the minute. They're looking one of the side's most informed teams. They're coming up against Norwich Tuesday. If they get a result there, then hello, Stoke. Stoke are looking dangerous for the season. We're talking about Stoke. This realistically is the Stoke we all expected when they dropped down from the Premier League. I never expected them to fall out of the Premier League at the time they did. Look at the players that they had when they did. Jack Butland, Joe Allen. Obviously... They've not been necessarily able to keep hold of those kind of players. Obviously, we saw Jack Butland leave to Crystal Palace for 500,000 um, in the summer. But you can say the exact same thing about Huddersfield. When they came down, 
they had some quite good talent. Especially with the championship. They just didn't... They, I just don't think they were able to utilise it in that second season no. in the Premier League. We talk about second season syndrome in any league. Um, they just really did suffer from that. But both of these teams have got the quality on paper to do very, very well. Yeah, and obviously Huddersfield did actually score three, which is actually interesting because they're, they're now living life without... Their old, you know, their main striker was Carl and Grant last season. I think he got twenty plus league goals, um, and they've got Mbenza in, who looks like a very, very, very decent striker. He scored at the weekend as well, and they're scoring free against a Stoke side who don't didn't, don't concede a lot. They're usually very defensively, very assured at the back, and you know, Huddersfield in that sense will be very proud of defensively, not looking good, um, and a player at the Huddersfield that I personally really like because of his roots to Norwich. Again, probably a bit biased, but he's... Just a little bit. Yeah, just a bit. But Harry Toffolo, going forward, seems like a really, really good left-back. Defensively, does seem like he's a bit... Oh, I don't know, a bit... A bit naive at times, I guess. Um, well, well re- realistically, yeah. any defender who, in a game, has been a part of a defence that's conceded four, you can't always... You can't, no. You can't sing their praises. It, uh, at the end of the day, that's a one That's one game. Yeah, uh, I thought season. Huddersfield we can't ignore, and um, uh, as as much of a shame as it is, because obviously they were not too long ago a Premier League side. Um, they've struggled since they've come back into the Championship, and even this season they're really struggling for form. Uh, I believe they've not won within. Oh, I might be wrong. I might not. I don't. They've won within the last three. They're really kind of struggling to find that grip that is going to be able to kick them on. It's one of those kind of games that. Really, before this game, I looked at it and was like, "Right, Stoke. I think we all thought nil nil. I didn't. I, I, I Stoke with the one. I, I thought Stoke could edge it. I thought it was either going to be a, it was going to be a one goal margin, which obviously it was. But not. I didn't expect one. seven goals. Exactly. Not not at all. Um, but like we said, it was an entertaining first half. Uh, not so much of that in the second half. Oh, we still um, we still got two goals, which is nice. We did still get two goals, and to be honest, it could have been more. It could have been. Because Huddersfield, Huddersfield came into the game in that second half. Yeah. And they, potentially, fans would look at that and be like, we were actually quite unlucky not to get something out of the game. But enough about Stoke and Huddersfield. Let, I'll let you lead this one. You talk about the other team oh. that scored four this weekend. Well, so obviously, Josh's team, Reading, lost 4-2 away at Bournemouth. In the top of the table, clash at the time. Big comeback in that game. Also, you lot were 2 0 up uh, at half time. Lost with Lucas Shaw and Sonny Aluko. But then Bournemouth, you know, Solanke scoring twice. Lewis Cook and Anjuna Grunevel with the goals there. Josh, how does that make you feel? You're 2 0 up at half time. You know, you think, even if I was 2 if Norwich were 2 0 up at half time, I'd be like, and I was in your position, top of the league at the time, I'd be like, yeah, we're secured top of the league for another game week. That second half. So, what happened? This is the thing. I mean, before the game, we've gone on the back of we've had some horrendous form going into the international break. And just like I was saying, you have that mindset, you come back from the international break, have you managed to kind of get to a point where you can spin it around and kick on? It was always going to be a tough game for us to come back to. The early kickoff, Sky Sports... Bournemouth away, Bournemouth, Bournemouth away from home. Started the game really, really strong. Obviously, we won the penalty in the third minute. Um, Alpha Samedo with some incredible footwork. Some incredible footwork. I mean, looking back on it, I don't know if you've seen it yourself. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Um, if that tackle from Begovic, it was, a, oh, it was obviously an unlucky one for him to concede, but if that was made, 
a couple of years ago, before the kind of protection rule came in for the double punishment, Begovic would have been sent off. I mention that because he makes a very, very key save in about the 88th minute to keep him in the game, um, where part of the ball was over the line, part of the ball was on the line, part of the ball was like the kind yeah, yeah. of pitch side. He had a very good game and the reason I mention that is that takes a lot of mental state to be able to kind of concede a penalty, so you're giving it away. Then he's conceded it in the third minute of the game to then pull off some of the saves he has made during the game, especially the fact that he then went 2-0 down. Now, you talk about Shawnee Aluko. That's his first goal in a Reading shirt for 672 days. In that time, that's a, long, that's a in, long time. In that time, he did have a six-month loan spell out to Beijing Ren in China. However, to go that long without a goal, that a goal that he scored was very good. Very, it was a very goal. nice strike. Maybe Ajari, a big, you know, oh, liquid football to get out to that goal. And like you said, we, I wouldn't say that Bournemouth really did much to threaten us in that first half. And that's no. the most frustrating bit as a Reading fan in this. And in like, the second you, half, you've gone into half. In the second half, did they? Did they again press someone? Did they? They had four. They shots had four on shots on target and scored all four. Doesn't that say it all? Isn't There's it, something going they, they, wrong. They've literally done a Reading on Reading. Yeah, <laughs> they've done a Reading on Reading. Um, but then again, let's talk about Lewis Cook's goal. What an absolute peach that was. <laughs> I'm guessing you just stood there like, you know, fair play, I hold my hands up. I, I, slumped, I slumped back in my chair. I kind of, my head went back and I was like, you know what? I can be mad at the defending, but oh my word, what a strike it was. If if it was against any other team and I was watching it as a neutral, I'm sure I'd have been off my, off, up on my feet because that was an incredible strike. The fact that it was his first goal for the club as well, Wow, wow, wow. As a goal of the month contender right there, if not, he might have already won it. I, I can't think yeah. of many that are going to contend that with, contend with that one. And the fact that it made it better is it went in and clipped the woodwork on its way in. They always look better that way. But like you said, a brace for in Dominic that game Solanke. for Dominic Solanke. Is he maybe now starting to find a bit of form in the championship? Obviously, he was bought for him. It was a really big very, sum of money. For very nice finish for his first one. Second one. Yeah, what do you think of Raphael's goalkeeping with that one? Oh, my goodness gracious me. I mean, the man's kept us in a lot of games in the past. Um, but all I can say, and I mean, if any Reading fans are watching this, let us know in the comments. Do you think it's time that we look at the likes of Luke Southwood or Jokel Anderson, who's obviously doing very well on an emergency loan at Exeter City at the minute. He's keeping a lot of clean sheets. Or even to the point where we've got Sam Walker still available. Are other goalkeepers potentially going to be needed? I mean, whoever's seen that goal at Bournemouth fourth, what on earth was a keeper thinking? That's not his first mistake he's made in recent games. He obviously made an absolute clangor against Coventry as well. He had the ball with balls kind of coming straight at him. And it's bounced off him and gone into the back. It was a good, good again, a very good strike. But you Can have, you to, the goal you have to look at it coming from somewhere. And again, I think for me, Thomas Estevez, or Estevez, the young lad from Porto, 18 years old, he made the top 40 nominees for Golden Boy. He got run absolutely riot by Bournemouth's left-hand side in that San Juno Grunewald. San Juno Grunewald. And I'm not, I'm going to point this one out as well. Lloyd Kelly was running at him as well and made him look like an absolute. You look at Lamjuna Grunewald's goal, was it that the where Estevez was just caught inside out? He was caught in two worlds. It was poor defending. He just let Grunewald get past him with ease, and 
simple goal in the end for near, again keep beating it is near post but I'm not going to take anything away from Bournemouth in that second half they were clinical um, they beat looked us sharper. they looked a lot sharper again this is where I think the five sub rule helped them a lot oh yeah um, a, p- a point to note Reading didn't actually name a full score for the game we were actually missing a player off the bench compared to what Bournemouth had uh, that's just again this is why I said I think Reading yeah. are going to suffer from the five sub rule five sub rule yeah because we don't have that depth that we need and obviously the main point that has come from that game it put Bournemouth top of the league temporarily yeah but it's kept them up there well top, Reading they're not dropped. top of the league anymore no of course they're not Reading have now dropped from first all the way down to sixth still in the playoffs though mate come on it's not, in the playoffs but Again, we'll come on to games. You said you said you said to me at the start of the season that you'd be happy with mid-table football. I would take so, finish yeah, the top half. You know, you're currently sixth. Yeah, you had you know you, you X and run at the start of the season. You are dropping off form, but it takes one win to change that. It takes one win to change that form. Yeah. Um, and like I say, it's going to be an interesting next. Couple anyway, of any stats coming from that game? Because you, you were. I have got you. I have you, got you a few. You've stats, got me some yeah. absolute mad stats. Some, some mad stats. So, obviously, uh, that. Loss for Reading, the win for Bournemouth. Um, that's Bournemouth continuing the streak of Reading having not beat them since 2001. Back when Bournemouth was shit as well. Uh, Reading have gone from having the best defence in the league after the first seven games to having the worst in the entire 92 in the last five, having conceded, I believe, it's 15 goals. So averaging conceding three goals a game. Christ. Uh, yeah, not a good one for that. No, um, that's the first time that Reading have conceded three or more goals for four games in a row since 1998. And a final one for you is that we are bad at football. And there's Josh's stat attack. And that Bournemouth are good. They, I, it's, it stands to the point. As much as I can ramble on about the Reading side of it, I've obviously watched the game as a Reading fan. Bournemouth take nothing away from them. They will be up there at the end of the season. Right. Mark my words. We'll, uh, we'll move on to the next game of the weekend. QPR 1, Watford 1. Now, this was a big game. Obviously, Ben Wilmot, who is on good form, scored an international duty for the under-21s, came into this game, scored for Watford in the first half. Great, Watford 1-0 up. It was a good, very good finish as well. Very yeah. tidy. Uh, kind of set-piece routine of sorts from a dead ball situation. Ken Semmer whipping the ball in. Wilmot meeting it um, kind of with... Very, very close range and realistically he had nothing to do but kind of smash Touch it in, but again, takes that build-up play to it, isn't it? And that, that it is, set piece. Um, um, it's, it's one of them, because looking, obviously you look at the result before we kind of go into depth. Watford are the only team that were in the top six that, apart from running, failed to pick up all three points. You look at that and for me, if you're wanting to challenge, you've got to be picking up you've points. You've got to. Keep when, when you're when your fellow teams up the top side of the table are doing well, picking up results, you have to do the same. Especially against a QPR team who this season have underperformed. Now, I'm going to speak about QPR because QPR, in the second half, everything changed. So, obviously, Watford made two defensive changes at half-time. And that really hindered them because, obviously... It's given Reading the front foot for the second half. They're Reading. Being allowed, uh, so, Reading QPR, sorry. Look, look, right, okay, so there's a difference between these blue and white hoops and those blue and white hoops. They're fake, they're real. Okay, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but keep, again, so the Watford defensive change at half time. Put QPR on the front foot for the second half. Um, allowed them to 
Are you, you pouring yourself a drink? I am. Fair enough. Um, allow QPR to kind of have a bit more possession, a few more chances in the game, and then, um, yeah, it, they were unlucky not to win in the end. Obviously, got that equaliser late on in the game. Should have had a penalty, had a goal disallowed. So, yeah. QPR, QPR were all over Watford in that second half, I would say. Um, they actually did have the ball in the back of the net again. Yeah. Um, except it was punched in by Lyndon Dykes for QPR. So, um, Elias Chair, it was a very tidy finish for, for, Q, um, for QPR. Again, it's one of them. Like we say, Watford should be picking up the points there. But I just want to touch really quickly on QPR. Yeah. They sold Ebereze in the summer. 20 million. Rumoured rumored fees of about 20 million. I don't know if it's been confirmed. Probably will be about 20 million. He was a good player. And he was a very solid player. If you thought of their team now, can you tell me where they've shrunk them? Have now they they haven't shrunk them at all, and that, that's the issue with them. Because they, haven't, they, haven't, they, they haven't spent that £20 million. They haven't invested back into the club, and that's really affected them. You can see they're at the bottom side of the they're in the They're in, I believe, the bottom... They're, I think they're 18, 18th. 18th in the league, um, I think. And as much as that money, obviously, you can never tell. That might have gone into paying off some debts that they had. I don't know what the financial state of QPR is, personally. But any kind of fan looking at someone of that amount of money going out, you would expect someone to at least come in to fill the void. QPR obviously started very, very well in that first game and got a good result. Then their second game were beaten by Coventry. Yeah, it kind of went downhill. It's, it's gone downhill from there, unfortunately. But yeah, so, but yeah, from this game, obviously, we can see Watford again should have picked up all three points. QPR in the end were unlucky not on to paper. Win. Watford should have picked up. All but three I think points. Watford. I think actually now as the whole of the game, you know, QPR should have had a penalty. They did have the ball in the back of the net. Um, Watford be like, well, we were lucky to get a point out of that. You know what I mean? So um, it's, yeah, and QPR will actually feel hard done. QPR will feel hard done by with not getting all three points. Anyway, we'll move on to the next game featuring my team Norwich. Middlesbrough nil. Norwich. One. That's the best defence in the league against the biggest talker in this room. Hi. <laughs> the one who runs his mouth the most. And that's exactly what you're going to do. But not yet. You can't talk yet. I'm going to start off and just go on to Middlesbrough. In going into this game, obviously, like we've said before, yeah. a very, very good system. It works very well for them. They've got a good manager, some decent players to be able to execute that. And like we said, they've actually performed very nicely this season. They're, they away, they're away from the bottom of the league as they kind of were for a lot of last season. And you look at them now and they have potential. They can find the net to be a threat. Now, yeah, but the Neil side doesn't really tend to find the net that But often. if we're talking about finding the net, you have to bury a penalty, and I'll let you talk about this. Talk <laughs> oh, yeah, about the Tavernier penalty. So, the Tavernier penalty. Just yeah. after the second half, just, I believe. Yeah, just, the, yeah, yeah. Mid-50s. Yeah, mid-50 minutes, I think it was. Uh, Middlesbrough get a penalty, rightly so. Ben Gibson with a foul. Uh, Tavernier steps up, and it goes in. It goes in. But, he slipped. Um, so, obviously, it kicked. I guess his right foot kicked onto his left foot, and then went in. So obviously it got disallowed. So so I um so Ivan Cavaliero was doing his best Tavernier impression, was he? He was. Um, right, son. <laughs> um, but yeah, so even Tim Krull saving penalties when they even go in. So you know what I mean, best goalkeeper in the league. <laughs> anyway, actually moving on to a Nor. Uh, well, keeping, then, on, actually, <laughs> keeping on the Middlesbrough side of things, they had they were eleven games unbeaten. Unbeaten, they were unbeaten at home all season. 
that's come to an end because of Norwich. That's a big. That, that's big. And again, it shows, while, it shows while we're talking about things. penalties, Timmy Pukki. Timmy Pukki from He's, the spot. That's, and it was that a, was a such a cool penalty as well. It was the difference between the two sides, and it's such a cool penalty. And he's got his mojo back now. Um, it's he's got five goals in seven games for club and country now. He's that penalty that he took. You could see, yeah, his confidence is back. In last season, on the back end of last season, especially during twenty twenty, his form just wasn't there. He wasn't scoring from open play. Obviously, championship season's come. He's got a few goals here and there. He's now on five goals this season, which isn't too bad considering. We did have a slow start to the season, but he's getting the goals in. Scored two for Finland over the international break. Starting to look a lot better for him. But Norwich, that's now eight unbeaten for them. That's big. They've moved to top of the table now. Um, you finished? No, I'm not finished. I'm going on to actual stats versus Norwich. Ryan. Eden, shut up. Um, don't, don't mean to the camera. Sorry, sorry, sorry cameraman. Eden. Okay, Eden. Right, nice. Check um, out Eden's socials in the yeah, description. Yeah, in the description. His Instagram. <laughs> Go check him out. Um... He's absolutely in tears. Anyway, um, it's because all Duncan does is talk about Norwich. Well, literally, the whole subject is about <laughs> Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> this subject is literally about. We're living in his head. Yeah, we're living top of the table, went free, so what do you mean? Were you there for 10 game weeks, though? Yeah, but you're come, come, come back to me when, if on game week 22, you're still there and no one's overtaking you, you won't still be there. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just not oh, I love anyway, this. Anyway, carry on. Go on. So carry, carry on. Um, eight games loving beaten. Norwich. Eight games beaten. Now top of the league. Obviously, I could all change Tuesday because if they do lose a Stoke, we could drop down to as men uh, to seventh um, going into next weekend. However, eight games beaten is very big. Anyway, stats between Middlesbrough and Norwich. Middlesbrough, a Middlesbrough player hasn't scored against Norwich for over six years. Um, I mean, there are a few years you have to bear in mind that you didn't play them. Uh, there was two were. two years where we yeah, didn't play them. Two because years. you decided to become a yo-yo club, but hopefully, yeah, one. But year. there's only two. Years. Hopefully, one year you might actually Figures stay two, in the Premier League. Well, two, three years that we didn't play them, but at the same time, the last five meetings have had with Middlesbrough, we've won one nil every single time. Goals from Madison, uh, Tom Tribal, um, who else scored? Um, Timmy Pukki, Onel Hernandez, and Pukki again. It all those one 0 wins. Obviously, we also beat them two 0 in that playoff final, which they some still hate us for. We beat them two 0 in a playoff final going to the Premier League. You know, they they still not they're still. I mean, that. realistically, I wouldn't say it's necessarily hate. It's probably a bit more PTSD. Speaking yeah, oh, they do have it. Yeah. Speaking as someone who's lost in playoffs before, and I know Eden can back me up for getting yeah, knocked out of playoffs. Time. It's you do still hold that to certain clubs. I mean, I still feel pain every time someone mentions the word uh, Danny Williams to me. Well, I know. We'll move on to another big result this weekend. I think this was huge, personally. Forest nil, Barnsley 2, and Forest... Come on, Barnsley. Forest are back to square one now. So we spoke last week about Chris Hewitt and coming in, you know, defensively assured manager, does like his sort of Neil Warnock-esque football. Put it, put it this way. I'll summarise the game for you very quickly, very easily. Two goals, two shots on target, two minutes, game done. It was also in, a, in very late on. It was in the 80th, both goals coming into the 80th minute there. Um, and a very, uh, Barnsley are now on a very decent run of form. They're starting to pick up points here and there. And they're, they're up to mid-table, I believe, with that. Exactly. Yeah, obviously, I think they were everyone's favourite to go down as well. Obviously, they were very lucky to stay up last season. So, oh, yeah. I, it was a great escape from last season. I actually loved watching it personally. Um, Did you? Yeah. 
I mean, I, personally, I didn't love watching Wigan go down because they had a point deduction, but... No, from in terms of a, the fact that they were literally written off. Oh, yeah. Like, in any sense, a club that is written off... And survives. And, and manages to survive is brilliant. We saw it from Bolton yeah. a, a couple of years Seen back. Seen in Leicester in the Premier League. Um, but any yeah. great escape is great. Obviously, the situation with Wigan was horrible to yeah. see. But actually, it wasn't Barnsley that stayed up. Because of that, I believe. I believe they actually managed to climb a little bit higher. I might be wrong. Oh, yeah. Either we, way, we it, was brilliant, it was a oh, brilliant Forrest, show from them. Forrest and they square one. Again, it's... They've still got that play... That, that, that final day playoff, they're, they're missing out on playoff. They've still got that playoff syndrome now. And that's really, it's really... It's not even the playoff syndrome because they didn't even make it. But I think and that's they, the thing. They missed out on it and... Bizarrely, I don't know how because they were seven points clear of it. I think with even three games to go with Nottingham Forest. I don't know. I think whether it's players, it can't be management at this point because they've already changed management. They've already unless, changed management. unless the Chris Hutton system is, or maybe it goes could goes be, up higher in the club. This could be early signs of it not working. It could go up higher in the, within the club, but realistically. It could be a case of, are they missing their fans? Now, as someone, I don't know how recently you've been up to Nottingham. Oh, yeah, you've been in Nottingham a few times. They've yeah. got a very, 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 very strong fan base. Fan base. Their fan sets are great. They get behind their team and they really kind of jam up for a game. And I think, that's a, I think they yeah. could be missing that. Personally. Maybe the same with Derby as well, but I think Derby is more... Uh, right, there's, something, there's something bigger going on at Derby County. Anyway, we'll go on to another big result of the weekend. A very strange one at that, because... Yeah. I would not have called Wickham Wanderers being able to hold Brentford. Exactly. Brentford, who were a goal away from the Premier League practically last season, yeah. if you put it into that respect. And they've drawn 0-0 to the team. That, they're starting, they're starting uh, to pick up points. They, they are, really they're, are starting to pick up points. And they're gonna if they keep holding teams like Brentford to draws and that, they will gradually climb up the table. Um, and we could see them leave the relegation zone. And, very, very soon, actually. I believe they can climb out now. At, mid- at midweek, they could get out. Exactly. So you know, they're not they're not doing bad at all. And Brentford, however, they're not hitting form. They're really not hitting form. That that playoff final loss is oh, it's really just, it's a shame because really Ivan, like we said in the last episode, Ivan Tony's come in has been nothing short of incredible, and he's oh, yeah. proven that as a striker. They've had results where they've done really really well. I know for a fact, having seen this Wickham team play a number of times, they have a system and they stick to it. Gareth Ainsworth is a brilliant, brilliant manager. He's brilliant with what he can he do. He loves his music as well, doesn't he? Does it? Yeah, you're not saying he's like some sort of... He loves rock music and stuff. That's a new fact for me. I'm learning something every day. Exactly. But you can tell about, by the hairstyle as well. No, talking about learning something every day, did you see what happened with a certain Wickham striker within the week? Was this... Uh, the, the beast himself, Adi Bayo Akinfenwa. It is about the beast himself, Adi Bayo Akinfenwa. Akinfenwa has this week announced that he will be joining Hashtag United at some point at the end of his career. So obviously he'll kind of see himself right to the end of where he can um, go. Well, yeah, with Wickham. I don't know whether it'll be with Wickham. He might go to him somewhere so else. I, I think maybe at the end of this season with Wickham... He, it, may, he may just go hashtag after that. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on, but um, for Wickham, obviously, they're going to keep an eye on that and see what's going on with that situation. But yeah, it's big news for grassroots football. and Not only that, football. it's going to be very well. Big news for grassroots, big news for YouTube, but also very big for the marketing of Wickham. 
Oh, 100%. It's going to be great for their marketing. Oh, 100%. Uh, anyway, well... I don't, I don't think there's... There's not too much we can obviously really say about that because it's very yeah. much in its kind of baby phase, so to speak. But let's move on and we'll talk about the... We'll go for the um, the derby that occurred on the Friday night first. Yeah. So obviously the commentary in Birmingham, the state that... I think the only really thing to talk about is the stadium. Obviously, Birmingham played away in their own stadium. It's commentary and commentary had to travel 20 miles. Do you reckon they had to go in their own away dressing room or do you reckon they'd have been like, no, we're having our... We're having no, our I'm pretty sure they had to go in their own away dressing room, which is... Uh, <laughs> which would be interesting. Um, well, apart from that, it was an absolute snooze fest of a derby. I, I, I could it fell was fairly, it. fairly boring. There's not really anything we can talk about on it. There's not. Apart from the fact that both teams kept a clean sheet and they both picked up a point, now that's really yeah. I think both teams would have probably taken a point from this game. Anyway, we'll, at, the we'll, day, at the end of the day yeah. as well, you always like drawing in a derby game if you can't win it. You'd rather take a draw than a loss, wouldn't you? Anyway, we'll actually go on to a derby game. Yeah, <laughs> derby County. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Did we get that one. Okay. Uh, first, Bristol City. We're rolling. What? Nice joke. Ha <laughs> <laughs> oh. Psych! <laughs> man Eden with the jokes now. Anyway, so Derby lost one little Bristol City. However, they did seem to impress under uh, Rosenal and uh, Rooney. Um, obviously, Rooney actually played. Um, yeah, so Liam Rossini was actually listed, I believe, as the head coach for the game with Rooney being on the pitch. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, he did play the entire game and captain the team. Uh, they've lost 1-0... At home again, so it's a loss. It's a loss. The stats were fairly similar. They dominated in possession. Yeah, um, but the kind of thing that you'd really look to kind of take from this is that they they've only lost by a small margin to a team in Bristol who looked very exactly. sharp. They had a rough patch. They're looking sharp again. I reckon if they again can keep this momentum yeah. rolling, yeah. they'll be challenging the likes of Swansea, Norwich, Watford, Bournemouth, at the top end of the table. And it'll be interesting to see who can join them. But right now, the way that Bristol City are going... We always see Bristol City start well, but then drop off and drop off significantly. This season, they've dropped off, but they've picked up form again, and they're back on the horse. If they can keep that horse going, you know, we could see them in the playoffs um, this season. Anyway, we'll move on to the next game, because there's not really much to... Talk about the rest of that game. Uh, we're going to Preston 1, Sheffield Wednesday 1. Big news in that game was uh, Windass getting sent off for Sheffield Wednesday. It was an early sending off. And to be quite honest, they um, managed to do quite well to keep the score at 1-0. I mean, it's always difficult when your team goes down to 10. The fact that Windass got sent off within, I believe, he got sent off on the 17th minute. Now, that's a long time from half-time. And they went in at half-time at 0-0 and then Barcuzan scored just after the start. But then they're still playing the entire second half with 10 men. That's impressive to me. It's very impressive. Again, but it's not the result they wanted. However, for Preston, it's back to winning ways after that 2-1 loss against Rotherham uh, prior to the international break. So they may be looking to turn around form and start playing a bit better. Um, but apart from that, in that game, is not really a lot else we can go on about um, no I mean it's it's one of them games that kind of you expect it's got a bit of potential but it didn't really deliver especially with the early red card that could have been a very entertaining one for the neutral but here we are anyway we'll move on to Luton 1 Blackburn 1 um, have Blackburn started to lose their spark now here's, then, the, here's the interesting one that I've seen just on losing their spark has Adam Armstrong gone missing he hasn't really been 
he, he started the scene so well. And that's when Ivan Tony almost went missing because Armstrong was doing so well, Ivan Tony wasn't talked about. And now it's the other way around. Armstrong's gone missing. Tony's the, you know, the main striker in the league at the minute. Um, but yeah, Blackburn it's, have really... It's it, weird. dropped off. They, they're now sat mid-table. They're signs they made. I said at the start of the season... You said it at the start of the season. And obviously, we are, again, we are still 12. We are only 12 games in. They have a lot of time to recover. Obviously. But the kind of games that you want to be winning are the games against teams that were tipped to go down. But Luton are not the team that they might have seemed at the start of the season. 100%. They're putting, they're putting the stamp on the championship now. And they're really saying, look, we're not having this second season syndrome. We're a championship side. And like you said last week with Luton Town, they're putting out performances that any Luton Town fan can be happy with. And a 1-1 draw against Blackburn, who were seen at the start, at the first four, four games into the season, as a dark horse of the league. And Luton and can be very happy with you that. You can't ignore. Blackburn are still the top scorers in the league. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you can't they've ignore been that. I've been firing on all cylinders from all angles. They've done very, very well in terms of scoring. And I would think that Luton will be very, very pleased with how they're still going. They're in the top half. And who knows? Could could Luton put in a last uh, a late dash in? Imagine that. And what if they win the playoffs? Go to the Premier League, Jesus Christ. Well, it could be very interesting. Obviously, we've already seen Luton-Watford as a derby game once. Who knows? Could, the fa- could fans be allowed back in by the time they either play next? Or, if they find each other in the playoffs, that could be a tasty one. That's well, that's a, that's a whole other subject. Anyway... We'll move on to the next game. Millwall uh, versus Cardiff. Both big strikers, as in height, scored in that game. Uh, Smith for Millwall and Kiefer Moore for Cardiff. And apart from that, it's not really like uh, else like going on that game. It, it, seemed, it was a it seemed like a quite top. a scrappy game. Yeah. Uh, I think Cardiff did kind of have more opportunities, so to speak. I believe Millwall only had two shots on target in the whole game. Um, but again, Millwall are one of those sides who are capable of grinding out results, similar to what we said with Middlesbrough. Yeah, they are capable of grinding out a result. The, Bre- the Brexit-esque side, so to speak. As much, yeah, I, I guess you could call it that. But yeah. it's, it's a different style of play. They love a target man. They Obviously, oh, like we it. said, Matt Smith has scored. Yeah. John Daddy Bodvarsson came off the bench for them and does what he does best and brings some energy into the game. It's a very nice style of football and it does get them results. Swansea, another t- side of the, nearing the top of the table, beat Rotherham 1-0 this weekend. Uh, big win for Swansea. Yeah, again, it's another one of those teams, that, like I was saying earlier, um, one of the teams up in the top end of the table, scrapping for trying to sit on pole to head themselves back to where they be- where they believe they belong. And, I mean, realistically, they could have done it last season. They had a very good squad. I'd say they still got a very good squad now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I- I've had a they- squad now. Andre Ayew looks brilliant. Right, he was, again, incredible for the end of last season. But they're, they're up to fourth place um, against a Rotherham team who you kind of look at it and go, right, Swansea, a team not too long ago re- relegated him from the Premier League. And obviously we've Challenging spoken, for promotion. We've spoken about Rotherham being a, a potential yo-yo club. Rotherham can't hold too much. No, no, it's... It's a difficult place to go to, Swansea. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's, it's a very especially, difficult place. Especially in, especially in the form that they're in. Um, and I think Rotherham done very well to actually you know, keep it 1-0. And it's not too, it's not too bad for them. I think it will... Um, I do think, you know, from that result, 
they won't be too downhearted by it, and they will right. they will get better results. Obviously, that two one win against Preston in the previous game week um, for them. It's very good. They'll get results like that. Um, but yeah, against all the table sides, I mean, losing 1-0 away from home isn't too bad after all. No, realistically, there's a lot of things that they can take from what they've managed to achieve this weekend. Yeah. And I don't think Rother will look at that as a game they're expected to win um, against a Swansea side, like I say, who can and will provide big results this season. I have no doubt about that at all. Um, and I, again, think they'll be up there at the rest of the season. And again, that's going, to be, that's going to be one of the teams that, again, will benefit from the five um, subs. And I think Rotherham, have they, have they got that squad depth? No, again, that, that they might be one of the ones that get hindered by it. But a good bounce back for Swansea after losing in their previous game week. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, all, it's looking quite... It's looking quite tasty. Quite tasty now. Um, but let's go on to... The weekend games, obviously. If you haven't seen the um, last week's episode, we talked about the midweek games. You can check that out by clicking the bell here. And the first game of next weekend is the Friday night West London derby fixture. So we obviously did touch a little bit on a bit um, of Saturday's, Saturday's games yeah. last week. However, we're going to go into some, uh, we'll go into a, a, bit, small, a bit of pace, pace but yeah. we're going to go into... Should we do score predictions? Should we do score predictions? Should we just do score predictions? Score predictions. Quick fire. Score predictions. Eden, do you want to come get involved? Score predictions. Score predictions. Come get involved. Come on. Well, say behind the camera, we'll just ask for Eden's opinion. Oh, it's a bit harsh. All right. Yeah, we'll get Eden involved as well. Right. Get so, Aiden. first game, I'm going to stand that up there. here. Um, Brentford host QPR. Dukush, go. Score prediction. 1-0 Brentford. 2-1 Brentford. 1-0 Different. Fair enough. Go. Early kickoff on Saturday. Reading host Bristol City at the Medeski Stadium. Ducker. 2-1 Bristol City. Eden. 2-1 Bristol City. Josh. 3-0 Reading. No, I'm kidding. That's too optimistic. I think we're going to nick it. I reckon we're going to do a 2-1. I've got to be optimistic. It could go either way. It could go, it either, could go either way. Uh, next game. Next game. Watford hosting Preston North End at Vicarage Road. 1-0. 3-1 Watford. 2-1 Watford. Sheffield Wednesday host Stoke City. Oh, 2-0 Sheffield Wednesday. 2-0 Stoke. 1-0 Sheffield Wednesday. Birmingham Millwall. Ooh, come on, Ooh, quick fire. Bit of tempo, bit of tempo, come on. I reckon it's 1-0 be... Millwall. 2-1 Millwall. 2-0 Millwall. Oh, uh, uh, Norwich game. Coventry. Uh, 4-0 Coventry. No, you're lying. Um, 3-1 Norwich. 2-1 Coventry. 2-1 Norwich. That's ah, 2-1 Norwich. All right, Blackburn Barnsley. <laughs> uh, Blackburn Barnsley, 1-0. Oh, do you know what I'm going to go with? 2-1 Barnsley. 2-1 Barnsley. I reckon they're going to do it. I reckon they're going to do it. Eden. 2-0 Barnsley. 2-0. 2-1 from Louis as well. Uh, Rotherham host Bournemouth. 3-0, 3-1, 3-1 to Bournemouth, 3-1 to Bournemouth. Well, I reckon it's going to be the big result of the weekend. I'm going to go 5-2 to Bournemouth. I think 4-0 Bournemouth. You know this is football, not like cricket or rugby, mate. Like you do, mate. Well, rugby would be in like the 30s or 40s, mate. I, uh, bear in mind, I've just seen Bournemouth play. I know what they can do. They can score goals. Anyway, Cardiff versus Luton. Ian, starts off. Uh, I think it's going to be 2-1. To who? Cardiff. 0-0 snooze fest. 1-0 Luton. 
Derby Wickham, huge game. Do you know, I'm, I'm back in Wickham. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm going to surprise. Two one Wickham. Four two Wickham. Three nil. You reckon they're going to score four? I reckon Wickham's going to score four. I reckon they're going to get some prizes. Oh my word! Huddersfield against Middlesbrough. Nil nil. One one. No, I think nil nil. And is that all of the games in the championship? No, no, we've got a Sunday game next week. So, Nottingham Forest hosting Swansea. 2-0 to Swansea. Eden? 1-0 Swansea. 3-0 Swansea. And that is all. That is the predictions. <laughs> predictions. Next weekend. That's game. a very quick fire. There's going to be some very interesting games over the course of the weekend. I know you're looking forward to dissecting them as much as I am. And as that always. will be in next episodes. If you want to look at the predictions and the preview we got for the midweek games, go check out uh, last week's video, as Josh said previously. Anyway, is that it? That is it. It's, it's kind of it. But what I'm going to go on, and we're going to do a little bit, and I'll let you outro. Thank you again, Eden, for filming. Thank you to everyone who has supported us over the last week. Thank you to everyone who has clicked like, subscribe, and viewed last week's podcast. Really would appreciate everyone to share this week's like usual. Um, and a big thanks again to Louis Benaventi um, for letting us use the studio space. It's a great studio it space. It's a great studio space. If you haven't already, go and check out Imperial Wharf. That's the team that I play for, the team that Ducker is a part of, the kind of um, media side of. As well as Eden. And of course, Eden with his photography skills as per usual. Um, the kits are sat behind us that, that we've newly launched. If you are interested in them, there'll be a link in the description to buy them before Christmas. Duka, take it away with the outro. Anyway, guys, if you have enjoyed this video, please subscribe, drop a like, click on the notification bell, give it a little tickle, and... <laughs> I know you love it. I know you love it. I know you love it. And... Um, yeah, go follow the socials. This and has been promotion on a budget. Cheers, guys. We'll see, see you, you next week. week.